Hi, everybody. <laughs> we didn't talk about how we were going to open this episode, and I just started doing ASMR. Sorry to everybody. <laughs> New ASMR podcast episode just <laughs> dropped. Mouth sounds by Colin. Should we change it to an ASMR podcast? Hi, everybody. Hi, everyone. No, I'm going to go ahead and cancel that, actually. I hated every second of that. Maybe we should start over. And once we figure out how to video edit, I mean, once we figure out how to actually edit our sound, we'll take it out, but we don't know how, so it's staying in. So, our bad. Once we figure all this out, it's over for everyone. <laughs> well, welcome. Colin, what movie are we reviewing today? Today we are discussing Killers of the Flower Moon. Iconic. And for those of you who don't know... Killers of the Flower Moon is an epic Western crime drama filmed. Well, it's a whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe we should start over. No. We're good. We got this. Okay, it's an epic Western <laughs> crime drama film directed by Martin Scorsese. Um, it's set in the 1920s Oklahoma and focuses on a series of murders of Osage members and relations in the Osage Nation after oil was discovered on their tribal lands. Yes, and for those of you who do not know, Martin Scorsese, the director of this movie, he is considered one of like the like all-time great film directors. He, he's one of the most like influential filmmakers ever. So if you've watched movies like The Departed or Wolf of Wall Street or my personal favorite is Silence, um, those are all directed by him. So he is considered like a legend in the industry. So when this movie was announced, it was announced a while ago, um, and this movie's been in production for a long time. There was a lot that went into it. So it's been in production, I want to say since like 2019. So that long, yeah. Oh, I did not know that. So, yeah, it's been a while. COVID obviously made things worse and harder, but um, it was supposed to come out in 2021, I believe, and then they delayed it to 2022, and then they delayed it again to 2023, and now it's here. It's a three and a half hour movie, um, and it's pretty heavy. It stars Leonardo DiCaprio, um, Robert De Niro, and Lily Gladstone are the three main characters in this movie. Um, and it is, it's a really thought provoking, pretty devastating movie yeah. on a pretty overlooked part in American history. Um, probably intentionally, honestly. Um, I know that Oklahoma like made it law that they couldn't talk about this part of their history and like their history books and whatnot, which is and, like, crazy and stuff. So yeah, it's it's a pretty heavy and I mean it's a, literally about an almost genocide yeah. of this tribe of the Osage Nation. So the premise of it is so this tribe discovers oil in Oklahoma and because of that they became insanely wealthy. But of course, white, you know, settlers that, you know, moved into the land saw how rich they were and like they took over, you know, 
the political like the government and whatnot and so they made it law that they like technically had to marry like a guardian is what they would call it which would be a white person to take care of their money so they were still tech it was technically their money but they made it law that they had to marry basically a white person they had to marry them i thought they just had to have a guardian i thought it was mary but i could well, be wrong like what do the men do well, so they, I think they also have to have a guardian of some sort. So well, they don't have to marry them, right? Like, they just have yeah, because I think it, it had to be a man that yeah. like took ownership over it. So, um, so the way it works is, is basically I'm Osage and I have all this money from the oil and I literally can't have it unless there's like my white guy steward who can like help me get my money from the bank, basically. Exactly. And it's yeah. very stupid and very weird, but yeah. that's true. And just kind of goes to show, you know, all these silly, weird things that we make up mm-hmm. that just like disadvantage people. Because that's the other funny part is the poor Osage were like literally banished to this tiny little pot, like plot of land. Yeah. Um, you know, lucky for them, there happened to be oil on it. So they like became insanely wealthy almost overnight. Yeah. Um, and it kind of just set them up for you know, a lot of danger. It really put mm-hmm. them in danger because these white settlers in Oklahoma, you know, obviously realized what this meant in terms of how lucrative it could be. Yeah. And definitely took advantage, I think, of the situation, which is really kind of, you know, part of part of the story. Well, and how the movie opens is interesting too. So it shows like older members of the tribe. They're like doing some type of ceremony mourning, like their descendants, you know, what's the word? Uh, like they formed themselves assimilation mm. into the into white society. So yeah. they're literally doing a ceremony because they're mourning that because they know, you know, what that means like to their culture, what it means to their people, and whatnot. And if you're hearing background noises like all of this thumping, I'm so sorry. Our dog is on crack right now. Ari so. is throwing her toys around. She's very <laughs> passionate about Killers of the Flower Moon. She she's demanding that we play with her right now. So Yeah. She's she wants to contribute. She has a lot to say about um equal rights. That's her. Yep. Anywho. So yeah, so it opens up and it starts off pretty sad because they're just like mourning what is potentially going to happen to their descendants and the loss of their culture potentially. And so it almost like starts off like with like a warning almost. Yeah. And I mean, now we're probably going to dive into some spoiler territory. So if you want to leave Wait, and before we dive into spoilers, can you oh. tell us what it's been nominated for? Oh my gosh. So let's see if we, I can do it off the top of my head. This movie was nominated for 10 Academy Awards. And if I can do this off the top of my head, it proves I have autism. Let's go. <laughs> so best picture. Best picture. Best director best for Martin director. Scorsese. Best actress for Lily Gladstone. Best supporting actor for Robert De Niro. Best cinematography. Best production design. Best costume design. Best original score. Best original song for the song that plays in the credits. And then best film editing. I think I got all of it. That's 10, <laughs> 10 for 10. And there you have it, folks. Diagnosed autism on <laughs> we, the podcast. Diagnosing live. <laughs> well, good job. Anyway, so it was the third most nominated. And I do think it's, 
pretty deserving of these nominations. For I mean, sure. the craft to it is pretty impeccable, especially I think like the costume design, like I was just what say. the Osage Nation, they try to make it as accurate as possible to the time period as well. Well, and it's, so. it's stunning. That was probably one of my mm-hmm. favorite parts of the movie is just the costume design. I think the cinematography as well. It's just so beautiful. There's so many shots of kind of like this, you know, native Oklahoma that are just really beautiful. Um, all of the the native clothing that the Osage tribe members are wearing is just really beautiful. Um, you can tell there's a lot of craftsmanship behind it. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed just all of the visual elements of the movie make it extremely interesting to watch and to look yeah. out and, and you really feel like you're there i at least that's how i felt like it mm-hmm. it feels really authentic which was nice to, yeah. to, to feel yeah and this is based off of a book that's by the same name killers of the flower moon and from what i hear the structure of the book i haven't read it but i from what i hear the structure of it is not the same as how it is portrayed in the movie they kind of changed up a lot of it Um, but tried to stay true to like what the actual story was. So in the book, it's sort of like more of a mystery to like who is committing all these murders, you know, who's trying to commit this genocide. Like it's more of a mystery, but this, you know, right from the get go who is plotting this. And that is Robert De Niro's character, which his name is. Which we're moving into spoilers now. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So sorry. I was so stressed about making sure I mentioned the spoiler territory and then I forgot. LOL. So my bad. Um, so anyway, so yes. So if you want to avoid spoilers, please leave now. <laughs> we gave you a little taste, you know, piqued your interest a little. And now if you really want to go, you should leave. Especially if you want to read the book. I think from what I hear, a lot of people who have read the book, like it really piques their interest for their mo- the movie. And so I think it's interesting to compare the two or like talk to people who have done both. So yeah, if you want to avoid spoilers, please leave now. But Anyway, so Robert De Niro, um, his character's name is William Hale, and he's like a political figure, like a boss, essentially. And he literally makes everyone call him king. Yeah, they so, call him King like, Hale, right? You can imagine. Yeah, so he, and he acts like he is very sympathetic to the Osage and like their culture and whatnot, like... He want he pretends like he's their friend, like to literally everyone. So like if anyone passes away, he's like first there to like help them with like the funeral and their arrangements and whatnot. So he's acting like, you know, it could never be him. Type Definitely thing. set himself up as like I'm a friend, I'm an ally to the community. Mm-hmm. But he schemes up this plot to because like they had to like either marry or have a guardian assigned to them to have ownership over their money. What he plans, because his his nephew, right? Leo's yeah. his nephew. Yeah. Ernest. So Leo plays Ernest, and he's the central figure of the story, um, or how Martin Scorsese decided to portray the story is through his eyes. So he is like, they portray him as like this dim-witted, like, yeah, he's idiot. Yeah, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed, and he's got some gnarly teeth. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could not stop leo that. is hideous in this movie leo's seen better days <laughs> leo has seen better days um but he comes back from world war one and his uncle essentially convinces him to go along with this plot to start killing off members of the osage nation one by one and specifically one family of molly um, burkhart. burkhart who was portrayed by lily gladstone so her family is like one of the wealthiest in the in the community 
And so his plan is to start killing off each one of her family members one by one and their spouses in order to, because whoever is in your family gains that wealth once that person passes away. Yeah. So he wants... Like the title or something goes yeah. to, to them. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so he, along with a lot of other white members of this community, they start staging all of these deaths for people slowly whether that be just by point blank shooting them or slowly poisoning them, you know? Well, that's the part that is so crazy is it's not, it's not like they're inconspicuous murders. Like it's definitely Mm -hmm. like they went out and just shot someone. Yeah. But then there's just like no police force. Like everyone is in the palm of like Robert De Niro's hand. Like everyone's like in on it in this community. Mm -hmm. So like no real investigation really takes place. Like they're just like, oh yeah. That's because all of the police force was, they were allies yeah. with Robert De Niro. Or so literally one by King one, Nail. they're just like going off and like killing members of this mm-hmm. family. And it's... Well, and the way that like they describe it, like with the members that keep dying is they call it like a wasting illness, but they're just like essentially poisoning them. But like... And I think for the first part of the movie, you're kind of suspicious that something's going on with that. Yeah. But like people keep dying because of this wasting illness well, that so they mentioned. But. The wasting illness, from what I understood from the movie, is diabetes. But oh, then that the, the, that, they're the like poisoning them because they're being like, um, we're giving you insulin, wink, wink. And then it's mm. like actually just like this poison basically that exacerbates the symptom. So waste, like they are sick, they have diabetes. But all of them do? No, like, but not I, all of them die from the wasting disease. But like Lily has it. I think one of her sisters had it. Mm. But then that just puts them in a vulnerable position to then be taken advantage of and, and poisoned because now they're like having to rely on this medicine from these people. And, you know, and they do need medicine because, you know, obviously diabetes can kill you. Right. Um, but I thought that was interesting. That's another part of history that like I didn't know. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that either. Yeah. No, there's a lot of interesting, and the way that the this movie is not like thrilling in any aspect. It's pretty respectful of the Osage. Which and- I was reading something that I liked about that, where they're talking about how, especially Lily's performance, they do a good job at not trying to make the movie like a historical lesson, like a history mm-hmm. lesson, but like keeping it pretty true to how someone would have reacted and felt when that was happening. So like Lily Gladstone's character, Molly Burkhart didn't know what impact her story would have years later. Hmm. You know, she just knew what was going on in the time. And like, like any other person, she just wanted to be loved and and feel secure, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think Lily does a really good job of not overacting yeah with this character but like really showing the strength that this woman probably had to have had um and i I really like that like it's not theatrical it's not like like you said it's not some thriller it's like pretty straight to the point of like what was going on and probably like what was actually happening Mm -hmm. um which i think is a respectful way to portray something that's really sad and terrible that happened yeah, and I think because originally how, and I'm we're not entirely sure how Martin Scorsese had the story set up initially, but I imagine it is more similar to how the book is, where it's like more of a murder mystery thriller type thing where Molly Burkhart doesn't know who's committing the murders and it's more through her perspective. And so like it like follows her and then she like discovers things throughout the story and then realizes, you know, 
oh my gosh, it's my husband and his uncle that are killing everyone in my community, you know? Yeah. But I think that would have been, you know, from a more entertaining lens, pretty disrespectful. Yeah. You know, especially since it was like a genocide. It's getting Making like, that thrilling is just icky weird. It's getting like know. those those murder podcasts where like someone's literal family member just got murdered and then two ladies are like getting wine drunk and being like, yeah. you got murdered. And it's like, um, this was a real person who literally yeah. died and their family is like still mourning. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was nice is that like Martin Scorsese didn't lean into that. Like, I think they, I'm glad he consulted with the Osage tribe. And yeah. I'd be so interested to know like what feedback they gave to him about how to adapt the screenplay. Well, and I think because it's, I think it's very nuanced and pretty complicated with how to view, like how he decided to portray the story. Because obviously the story should be centered around Molly Burkhart because, you yeah. know, she is the central figure to this entire thing. You know, we should be able to see it from her perspective. But at the same time, you know, Martin Scorsese does not know anything about, you know, just like a white man doesn't know at anything the, yeah, the about day, yeah. that culture. Like he has, to, I mean, he did, he did have to consult members of the current Osage nation, Yeah, you know, about historical accuracies and I think the way that he decided to tell the story works from, you know, how a white man could portray the story. Does that make sense? I, you know, I'm like, following. I think if it could have been potentially problematic and I think he wanted to avoid any, you know, problems with centering Lily Gladstone's character from her perspective. Because I think the only way you really could is through that lens in the book where it's like a thriller almost like where you know, she doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. Does that make sense? I don't know. I think it's complicated, but yeah. I think with what Martin Scorsese ended up doing, I think he did a great job. That's how I view it. But no, I think you, you bring up an interesting point and I think that's even some criticism and a criticism that I have, not a criticism, maybe that's not the right word, but definitely some like a, a wish is I do wish that I could see a story more portrayed from Molly's perspective. So in short, the the story goes as follows molly is a member of the osage nation Mm -hmm. she marries ernest who is the nephew of robert de niro's character who's like this evil guy who's having all of these osage tribe members killed so that these people can steal their money basically yeah um he convinces his nephew to go along with it he basically ends up like trying to poison his wife even though he loves her you know like he's going so far along with this scheme that he's even willing to kill his own wife for money. Yeah. Um, And so it's just a really sad story. So this poor woman, Molly Burkhart is losing her family members. They're being picked off one by one. No Mm -hmm. one's doing anything about it. She knows that something's up. She knows that like her family, her own husband might be involved and she just is feeling really helpless and powerless. And it's, it's a really sad story. Mm hmm. The film that Martin Scorsese made is more from the viewpoint of Ernest, so Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, and so that's what, kind of what Colin's talking about is, I think one of the, some of the, the pushback is people are like, well, shouldn't this be centered around Molly? Shouldn't she be right. the main character? Mm-hmm. I think that's a totally fair and valid criticism. I feel that way. I feel like she definitely has the more interesting story. But to Colin's point, 
The sad reality of the industry is there's not a Native American director to be directing this film. Or could receive the funding to do a film like this. Or could receive the funding to do a film like this. Because the budget for this movie was $200 million. Yeah, which is a a pretty penny. And and Martin Scorsese got it because Colin, as Colin already you know established he has the track record he's a very famous director mm-hmm. so he's like one of the few people who could tell this story but now we're in this kind of like delicate dance you know of okay we want to tell the story and it's important to tell the story because it's not the type of story that usually gets told and there's only so much that martin scorsese through his experience can tell without opening himself up to like portray things inaccurately Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of where it goes, you know? So I, I feel like I left the movie being like, I was not expecting Molly to not be the main character. Yeah. And then the more we thought about it, I realized that that's probably as, as good as Martin Scorsese could have done. And I'm mm-hmm. glad he did it. Cause I think it's an important story. And I feel like for me, it just really established that, yeah, I want more people with different kinds of stories and diverse backgrounds and different lives mm-hmm. to have the opportunities, whether that's, you know, through funding or just education to be able to tell their stories or stories about, you know, their communities in the way that they want to. Because yeah. I think I just, for the sake of art, if nothing else, it's just very interesting. It makes for really, really good film. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Martin Scorsese did a great job, but that is one of, you know, the things that I'm taking away from it is, you know, we lose so much by not making it possible for people from all backgrounds to have the opportunity to tell their story right. uh, with, with that kind of funding. That's mm-hmm. just kind of my opinion. I think there's a lot of amazing stories we could be hearing, um, stories that are important to history, important to humanity, important to life, that we're not hearing mm-hmm. um, because people don't have access to those opportunities to those resources to those funds um and so just like food for thought that's why like i'm still really glad this movie was made i think that's a step in the right direction you know Mm -hmm. especially i was glad that the osh tribe was um like he consulted with them to make sure that it at least was as good as it could have been yeah Um, and even then i think there's still some some you know criticisms from their end which is inevitable but Mm -hmm. um that's kind of something that i thought was interesting yeah because it's just like it's such an interesting piece of history um that's been I'm essentially so shocked, erased yeah. you know Th- I, like i'm literally so shocked I've, I've literally never heard about this until we saw this movie i had no idea that that ever happened and it's a real thing that happened oh and this is how the fbi was formed actually was because of this that's right event yeah so okay so explain that a little so molly gets suspicious you know that like it's not just like a wasting illness and that the people are, aren't just dying of natural causes. You know, she's like, there's something going on a lot of, and a lot of the members of the community are also very suspicious. But like we said, the police force, they don't do anything because they're BFFs with Robert De Niro's character. So King Molly herself goes to DC to lobby to try to, you know, get someone to investigate what's going on. She's like, I'm desperate. I don't know what to do. You know, my entire family's gone, you know, like, and I'm worried that, you I'm know, sick, sicker than ever. I'm yeah. over here literally on my deathbed. And so, yeah, so they send um, an investigator to um, 
Oklahoma played and this investigator's name the, the actor's name is Jesse Plemons if you know Todd from Breaking Bad it's a jump scare but <laughs> <laughs> not the Todd jump scare <laughs> but anyway so he starts investigating what's going on and he is pretty suspicious right away that it's William Hill and Ernest you know that yeah are, that are involved well it's like so obvious that's what's so sickening about yeah. it is like something so obvious they just like literally kept getting away with it just because they were white powerful men you mm -hmm. know and that's what's crazy is like they literally were able to commit multiple murders for so long and like nothing happened yeah yeah well and a lot of people in the police got in trouble because you know they were in cahoots with robert de niro sometimes even carrying out the murders themselves which is disgusting yeah and then even like some of the doctors like Lily Gladstone's doctors in the movies are literally poisoning her, poisoning yeah. her throughout the movie, and so she just keeps getting sicker and sicker. It's just like there's literally nobody that she can trust yeah. in this community. Just so helpless. And so they have to call in a lot of different people to like investigate. Like they go to trial and everything. And this is how the FBI was formed because you know it required special you know investigation services i probably butchered that but no that's that's actually crazy yeah well and again everyone knows what the fbi is why yeah. don't we know why it was formed right that's crazy to me mm -hmm. no so and then she and this is another thing um just to sidetrack a little bit so lily gladstone's character is like we've talked about should have been like the epicenter of the movie because she kind of is you know like when she's not on screen well, you her miss story, her and you're like well yeah. i feel like we should be learning more about her and like how she's dealing with this why are we going back to leo's character over and over does yeah. that make sense why am i seeing his nasty teeth on the screen a hundred times yeah because it's like i don't this guy is a dirtbag i don't care well, and he's an about, idiot yeah he's an idiot with like no moral compass he's just like oh yeah yeah and i'm like what so there's been a debate because and i think that um, what Martin Scorsese and Leo have done has actually been pretty commendable. They've really just been campaigning for Lily Gladstone for Best Actress. Um, and she got the nomination. And that's pretty crazy because she is the first Native American actress to ever be nominated. Which, which is, is great. And yeah. Then, well, it's incredible that it finally happened. It's mm -hmm. sad that it took this long. But I th there's been a debate whether or not she should have been put in supporting because... She has less screen time than even Robert De Niro's character. Yeah. And he was put in supporting actor. So there's just been like a lot of debate on whether or not she should have been in Best Actress. But I think the more I think about it because of, you know, how important this story is and how like how great it is. It's finally like getting out there and like people are now more aware of what happened. I think like we what you were talking about earlier, I hope this like opens the door for like native american screenwriters you know and filmmakers to make more stories like this or not make them but you know tell these stories that need to be told you know what yeah. i mean from their perspective and so i think campaigning her and best actress makes a lot of sense because you know this is her story you know this is who this is the face of the movie essentially yeah. you know how i feel about this colin and i have had so many conversations about this where i i really agree with everything that colin said and I just feel like it also feels unfair to Lily because she's up against other actresses who have been nominated for Best Actress who are mm -hmm. in their entire movie for yeah. the entire time. So it kind of feels like, well, you're setting her up, you know, like how am I supposed to compare 
you know, the, what is it, like 50 minutes that Lily's in to the 100 and whatever that Emma Stone is in and poor things, things. Yeah. that just doesn't feel fair because it's like, well, I, obviously I just get to see Emma Stone do more things. Mm -hmm. So that sways, I think, people's opinions because Lily's performance is incredible. She's really great. In I this, love yeah. the way that she, I love the decisions that she made. She, I was telling Colin, I, she like acts a lot with her eyes where like there's not a ton going on but you can see just like in her eyes that there's so much emotion and so much strength i really liked her performance and i just wish if we were going to campaign her for best actress then we should have written her as a best as a, a main actress in the yeah and in I the movie and not so much a supporting character um but to colin's point i i do see a lot of value in keeping the story centered on the people who it's about um, I'm really glad for the momentum that she's she's got from the movie. Mm -hmm. um, I really like her. We talked about this in previous episodes, but every interview I've seen of her, she's just really... She seems really genuine. Yeah. yeah. She's articulate. She's eloquent. She is well-educated. Mm -hmm. I just really, really like her. Um, can't say enough good things about Lily Gladstone. Really, yeah. really interested in her as a character. But that's... It is a shame because she... We, you just barely see her in the last third of the movie because she's sick. Yeah. You know, she's sick in bed. And I think, and I was thinking this. The I remember the movie's third, three and a half hours. Yeah. And like, I'm barely seeing Lily. Yeah. So the last third was actually like my least favorite part of yeah. the movie because, you know, I wanted to see more of her. You know, I it's wanted to. It's just so much Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> it's a lot. Especially like when they like start doing the actual investigation like that's when like jesse plemons character comes in yeah. and plays the last third and nothing against him but that just that part of the story was the least interesting yeah i agree and so the first the first third of the movie is great because you yeah. see so much of lily and she's developing that relationship with leonardo dicaprio i really liked that part of it as i i just liked how all of that was I loved those perspectives and it was really interesting. And then, like mm -hmm. you said, the second third is kind of like a mix. And then the, the final third is just, I mean, Lily's barely there except when she yeah. goes to DC. Um, but then eventually towards the end, um, one of Leo's kids with Lily Gladstone passes away of, I don't remember what the illness was, but um, just kind of out of the blue dies and he has like a breakdown and yeah. his uncle like tries to like calm him down and like convince him to like keep denying continue that, to lie that to perjure anything was going himself. on yeah like as they're about to go on trial and then leonardo actually ends up turning his uncle in and confessing to all of the crimes and then lily or molly actually confronts um ernest oh the, that scene was so good it's one it's probably my favorite scene outside of the actual last scene of the movie but she just like, cause she knows now, you know, that all this happened, but she still like genuinely loves him and is heartbroken to like yeah. finally know that he was the one that was committing all of these murders, especially within her own family. And she asks him, cause she doesn't know for sure, but she's like pretty sure, I guess. Yeah. She's like, were you poisoning me? Were you giving, was my medicine actually poison? And he denies it. Cause she gets to a point where she won't take medicine from her doctors cause she's mm -hmm. suspicious. And so then Leo's like, well, I'll do it. Because she's like, the only person I trust is you. And so he's yeah. like, okay, so I'll give it to you. And he poisons her. He denies her. it, yeah. And it just, and then she asks him and he, yeah. 
He denies it. He and denies then it. She officially leaves him and never Ugh. speaks to him again after that. And it's it's heartbreaking. This movie is pretty devastating to watch. Which the but Molly Burkhart went through just so much heartbreak. Mm-hmm. It's just a really really sad story. And then the very last scene, I think, is the most thought-provoking scene in the movie. And I think it can be pretty jarring because it kind of just kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. But um, so it takes place like decades after these events occur. So they they start recounting like the aftermath of everything. So like, but they do it in in like a true crime like radio show so it's that that's what they're showing and it's like campy and like they're doing weird sound effects as like they're telling the story telling this woman's heartbreaking devastating story and they're like there's like all these sound effects Mm -hmm. and it's like and then molly was going down to the police and you're like what (laughs) the heck that was pretty good thank you maybe i have a career in radio but anyway yeah so at first you're like why the why are we watching this told this way yeah and so like it says that you know um Ernest and his uncle they were sentenced to life in prison but then they ended up getting parole after a Which, few years how or something. you get parole after murdering multiple people is beyond which it ended up being hundreds right or was that too many I don't remember how I don't many know exactly the, it was well, but if you're murdering even one, I'm, how are yeah. you getting out on parole? Let alone a whole nation. That's crazy. So, yeah. So the Osage Nation, like, they protested that, um, them getting parole. But the judges ended up just letting them go and living their lives. Molly ends up divorcing Ernest, never speaks to him again. She remarries, but then she dies soon after from diabetes. And it's mentioned in this radio show that, like, her obituary never even mentioned any of these murders that occurred, which was like the event of her life, you know? And then it cuts to Martin Scorsese literally comes on screen and is like giving this last little tidbit about her life, about this obituary. And just like, it just ends on such a sad note that like, you know, this is how stories like this get forgotten. You know, they turn into true crime shit, you know, like, and people are like, Oh, like, that this is crazy and then never think about it again, you know, cause it just is like, seems mundane to them, but it was like a genocide yeah. almost. Yeah. And the fact that like, they've tried to like erase this from the history books cause it looks bad on white people is insane to me. Well, and, and that we're not making that up. That's what, even today in Oklahoma, there was a lot of pushback against this movie being made and mm-hmm. released. Like it's still happening today. Yeah. Like, because the Oklahoma government didn't do anything yeah. during this time. They didn't investigate it. They just let it happen because yeah. greed and power. Well, so I mean, that kind of leads us into that last part of like, what are you taking away? What did you learn? Um, and I do, I really like that ending as well, where it's, you know, kind of highlights that sometimes when we tell these stories, it's, they're really entertaining. And then we don't push past surface level to really think like, this is, this really happened to another human being. Mm-hmm. I think the story is just so profound in terms of greed. Again, this is real. A real man tried to kill his own wife and did kill many of her family members for money because he wanted to get the money that she had. You know, this whole group of people were willing to kill off this entire tribe for, for money. 
Like that's a real thing that happened. And if, and that's what, I mean, we talked at nauseum about, you know, the, the pathway to evil during the zone of interest, but it just goes to show that like, there are real stories in history where people who probably thought that they were not that bad, yeah, you know, are doing heinous, horrendous things and justifying it because like, well, I'm going to get money and then I'm going to be able to do this. And it just, you know, watch yourself out there. We live in a time today, especially where so many things are justified because they're profitable. And it's like, you guys, money is something we made up. Mm-hmm. It's literally paper that we print. It's not real. It's a construct that we all agree on so that society can function. But it is not the purpose of life. Your relationships yeah. are the purpose of your life. So don't kill your wife for money because you're insane. That's insane. <laughs> you're a freak. Like, I don't know how to make that any more clear. I don't know why we even have to talk about that. But obviously we do because it's happening in history. happens today. Yeah, People are killing their wife for life insurance money. Get a grip. Get a grip. <laughs> Amen. Honestly, I mean, honestly what is going on? <laughs> yeah. Think for two seconds. And another thing that I think is important to touch on, I feel like Colin and I throw around the term straight white men or white men very casually. <laughs> you know, and if that makes you uncomfortable, that's okay. I think a lot of people when they hear that reaction, especially when we're talking about things like racism or, you know, institutional racism, people feel the reaction to say, well, I'm not a racist. I don't want yeah. to be bad. I love that. I love that there's something in you that really wants to make sure that you are good. And there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that you make mistakes based off of just things that you've learned that were outside of your control. Case in point, this might be the first time you've ever heard of it, like me. Mm -hmm. That's okay, you know, and all we're trying to say is you need to be aware that there's a whole history of things that you might not know about that have shaped and influenced the world to put you in a position of advantage and put other people in a position of disadvantage. Mm -hmm. How would you feel if your whole family was being murdered and no one cared? Yeah. As a white man myself, I can't even imagine that. I know for a fact if someone in my family got murdered, it would be all over the news. Mm -hmm. You know, and that is a privilege. That's an advantage. You know, that's because of all this history, for whatever reason, you know, you know, being a white man has been deemed important enough to, to get that kind of publicity. And the sad reality is that's not the case. That's not what history has set other people up for. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that. There's nothing wrong with being like, I can acknowledge that my life is hard and I have hardships and that very unfair things are also happening to other people. Yeah. Both of those things can be true and you can care about both and you should care about both. Yeah. And so we say that a lot, you know, if it's making you feel uncomfortable, sit with it for a minute, mm-hmm. think about it, and then be like, you know what? Yeah, that would really suck. Empathize. If that was you and your whole family's getting murdered and your husband's poisoning you and mm-hmm. no one's helping you, how would you feel? Yeah. Is that fair? And if you're thinking, the answer's no, babe. It's not <laughs> fair. <laughs> and that, I think that's just an important lesson. It's like... Just really think about if this was happening to me, how would I feel? How would you feel and how would others react to it? Because I think to your point, like if my entire family got murdered, I do feel like it would make news headlines, you know, and everyone would be caring about it and everyone would be freaking out about it. But I mean, this literally happened to this Osage nation and it was swept under the rug. Why? Well, and you might say, well, because it was in the 1920s, it was more than 100 years ago. 
if Colin's whole family got murdered a hundred years ago, it'd still be in the news, sweetie. <laughs> yeah, that's the reality, babe. Like it would happen and because that's just the way that society has started to unfold as injustices like that have been let to happen over mm-hmm. and over and over. Well, and I think what I really like about this movie is how it portrays this Osage culture. You know, yeah. I think there's several beautiful scenes like when Molly's mom passes away, which she died just of natural causes, right? Just like of old age or something. Or did I she, think she also, also had the, the wasting? wasting. Hmm, interesting. Well, anyway, so I mean, she, she was pretty old, but I mean, when she passes away at first it like, she so she, she dies she like falls asleep and then like wakes up and she's like exactly where she was but then like she sees her ancestors and doesn't see her family like her family that's still alive in front of her anymore and then she just follows her ancestors and then like you don't see them yeah. and it was just such a beautiful scene i, I don't agree. know like and it didn't feel like they tried to like over exaggerate anything it just felt very sympathetic and i'm forgetting the word but Anyway, it just, it was beautiful, honestly. And there were several scenes like that where just really appreciated their culture, you know, and who they were as people. And it just made it that much more devastating that this even occurred. You know what I mean? Well, that's why when I, when we talk about, I wish there were more diverse storytellers so they can tell their story. I think the reason I feel that way is because People from backgrounds that are different than your own have different perspectives on the world, mm-hmm. but they're still humans. Yeah. So there's something to be gained from learning that new perspective. Mm-hmm. I think one of the most healing things for me was taking it out of my head that I knew everything in the world and that I had absolute truth and I absolutely knew everything. And instead being like, I kind of know some things. Yeah. I don't know. You know, like I, I know kind of what works, but really opening my mind and like my heart to new ways of looking at things. I think to your point, like that was one of the most beautiful spots is seeing the, the, the way that the Osage tribe views the world and life. Mm-hmm. And then just how it wasn't respected and how it was overtaken by something more sinister. Yeah. It was really sad to watch because there's so much knowledge and so much beauty there that was just lost because it wasn't given the same respect or understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a travesty. You know, I think there's so much to be learned from everyone on earth who's having an experience. They have a way of looking at the world. And if you have the ability to sit and, and really think, you know, could this work? You know, yeah. what does this look like? The world is what we make it. Like it literally is whatever. If you don't like something, 99% of the time it's because it was just made up by some guy. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's so much to be learned from people who have done things a different way, you know, and I, I think that there's, that's really powerful. I think that's a powerful lesson um, and something that is becoming lost as we try to assimilate into only viewing the world in one way through one lens by one group of people. I think that's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I really think that this movie is important for people yeah. to watch. It's not an easy watch. Um, what would you give honestly, it out of 10? I really liked this movie. Like... I, I've seen, and it drives me crazy when I see stuff like this online, but I've seen people criticize it because it's not entertaining online. And I'm like, that is, that would 
do such a disservice to this story. You know what I mean? There's just like, some cheap thriller. Well, and as you watch it, like, and you see these murders occur, like, especially when they're like just shooting them point blank, they're not like glorified or well staged scenes. They are portrayed kind of probably how they happened. You yeah. know, they're kind of clumsy. You know, I don't know. So. I think it was really respectful to that because obviously this was very traumatizing for all these people. If it was entertaining, it's just like, okay, you you don't get anything out of that almost. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it makes it feel like it didn't actually happen. And the way this was portrayed makes it feel real yeah. because it is, you know what I mean? And so I've been hating that criticism that I've been seeing online, but I I would give it a nine because I just think this story is so important. You know, I obviously think that the perspective should have been more from Lily Gladstone's character. Um, but I also don't really think that Martin Scorsese is the one to do that, you know? Agreed. And so I think with what he was given and, you know, the story that we have, I think it's, I think it's a great, really well done movie. So mm. what about you? I would give it an eight out of 10. Okay. One for the reason you mentioned, where like I really wish the story was centered around Lily, and I understand that that Martin Scorsese just wasn't the person to tell that story. And two, I will say I feel like we could have cut down that screenplay time a little. We could bit. have cut out the Brendan Fraser jump scare as well. <laughs> like that scene, it's literal jump scare. He starts screaming towards yeah, the end, and it, he's like not in the movie at all up until that point. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, what is it, happening? I love Brendan. No Tino Shade to no, Brendan. No Tino Shade to Brendan. Love the guy. I don't think he was the guy to play that role. I don't know. I wasn't loving it. There's just so many. <laughs> it is such a long movie. I do feel like the pacing in some parts struggles. Not just like sometimes I'm like, I don't understand what I'm watching. It's like actually making me more confused about what's happening than if we would just kind of like cut and make it a little more precise, which I think just loses some of the momentum that the movie has. But still, I mean, just so beautiful. Like the visuals are beautiful. Super important story. So definitely an 8 out of 10. But it's like hard to rewatch that movie because you're like, okay, do I have almost four hours to commit to something? Yeah. Um, but I still really liked it. I, I love Lily. Yes. I love Mr. Martin. Well, How old is he now anyways? Isn't he like He's like 81 or something like that. And babe, it's okay to retire too. Like I literally love you so much. But he's still putting out bangers. He is so putting out bangers. Why, but uh, I mean, you know. Why retire if you're not losing your touch, honestly? Honestly, period. Because, oh my gosh, maybe I'll get canceled for this. Not really. But like Ridley Scott, I he did Napoleon. Oh. Like House of Gucci. Here's my Miss review Ma'am. for Napoleon. <laughs> It was so bad. That just scared Ari. <laughs> but that's... You got I, a double feature um, episode, Killers of the Fire Moon and Napoleon. Napoleon was ass. Let's be real. I'm so sorry. I, it just was not good. And Ridley Scott's another like legendary filmmaker. So like, it's sad to see that these last few movies that he's put out have not been good. House of Gucci, love Lady Gaga. She was the best part of that movie, but bad. Bad, bad, bad. I didn't see that one. And he's so Gladiator 2 comes out next year. But that has Paul Meskel. I know, but I'm so worried about it. I believe in him. I believe in Paul. You believe in Ridley Scott after Napoleon. <sighs> That's a topic for another time. <laughs> I don't know. So 
anyway, anyway <laughs> back to the good parts of killers of the flower moon i think robert de niro is exceptional in oh this he movie. was incredible i think his nomination is very deserved and it's my favorite performance of his that i've seen in a very very long time he he's, did he's, he's genuinely it, evil and amazing yeah in this movie leonardo so. dicaprio did well as well i just he don't did. like him i don't like his round little head i don't <laughs> enjoy watching him on the screen i i will say i i was surprised that he was not nominated for best actor because i think he does he does a great job he does do a great job i have seen people criticize his performance and think it's a little over the top which i can see that in a few scenes but i don't know i thought he was good so i was surprised those damn teeth i maybe it was the teeth he was teeth acting he was literally like and i just a little beaver yeah just a little marmot he was driving (laughs) me bonkers anyways Anyway, well, let us know what you think about Killers of the Flower Moon. Important movie. Uh, if you important. have, if you have a good four hours to dedicate, it's it's worth it Which at least I once. I think you should. I, th- I think you should I would as well. Recommend watching this movie. I think it's very important. I think it's important to tell stories like this. Um, yeah. Obviously, like it's crazy that this was swept under the rug for so long. So I recommend watching this. It's a hard watch, but I do think it's it's thought provoking and feel like i i with movies like this you just develop a lot of empathy yeah for these characters i think you that's can most feel your worldview expanding yeah. and altering and changing which is good which is healthy so yeah watch this movie watch this movie and join us friday for we're doing a, a double feature review on friday, feature on friday on friday uh, we're going to be doing American fiction and the, the holdovers. holdovers. So a little lighter. Uh, a little lighter. We're stepping away from the historical trauma of it all and, you know, getting back to some some lighter themes, but just as important, just as fun. Yep. All right. And we'll catch you next time on Cinematic Conversion. Thank you. Love you.